Hey guys, Michael here, and I'm back for some more postseason LEGO Masters coverage on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters. And this week, it was so exciting to sit down with finalist teams Sam and Jessica to talk about the show. But don't worry, I'll be back with more postseason interviews as my next interview will be for Aaron and Christian. So if you have any questions for them, I'll leave my social media handles in the show notes. Or you can always leave me a comment on my weekly LEGO news videos that come out each Saturday on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get to the interview. So you guys have been asking for them ever since I've been starting these interviews, but the eccentrics, the team, the artists, Sam and Jessica are here on the podcast. So go ahead and say hello to everyone on the podcast, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. Well, we're so excited to have you. Honestly, you guys brought so much fun energy and a great sense of creativity, childish playfulness, all these sorts of fun things to the show. So we're so excited to have you to break it all down. Thanks for having us. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Can't believe it's over. I know one of my guests on the podcast, he was saying, you know, we really looked forward to this every Wednesday, especially in the midst of all this craziness. It was just a really fun kind of respite away. So I'm just as sad as anyone that it's over. It became so much bigger because of the virus. It's so many families watched it together. I cannot tell you how many families stopped me saying my 14 year old, my eight year old, my six year old and the whole mom and dad all watched it together. That doesn't happen with TV shows anymore. They watch The Bachelor, Survivors, adults and the kids watch whatever they want to watch and they don't all get together. This is like the most family show on TV right now. And so I feel really honored to be part of something so big like that and so broader than the genre. You know, when I, when I got into it, I was thinking it was going to be mostly AFOLs because the people applying were mostly AFOLs. And so that it, it's not that. And that's what makes it really more amazing. Yeah, I think the show's really transcended just the fandom alone. You know, I think actually a lot of fans probably wish there, there was more focus on the building itself. <laughs> but I think that having that wider appeal has allowed it, to your point, to transcend a little bit. And we find in the midst of a crazy building competition, a lot of these really genuine stories, which is a fun takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really amazing to be part of the show. It was an incredible experience to be part of a television program where personally I could showcase my talent as an artist and be able to use Lego, which is my primary medium. My art was really like, it really was a dream come true. I think that's every artist's dream is to be able to showcase their work on a platform that reaches so many people. And for that, I am truly grateful because luckily, as you know, we did make the finale. And I feel like as artists, we did get to show the world, you know, what we can do and how we can represent artists and art with Lego. So it was awesome. Yeah. And let's start right there then, Jessica. Lego, I think a lot of people think of it as a kid's toy. And obviously, I think the three of us here on the podcast know differently. (laughs) But what do you think it is about Lego that drew you to it as an art medium? You know, obviously, you could have gone, you know, ceramics, paint, whatever it might be. And I know you do some of those things too. But I'd love to know what drew you and you know Sam, you as well, to let Lego be your muse in terms of your art medium. Well, it all started like when I was a child, I was actually told I could not play with Lego because Lego was for boys, which was very interesting. And as a child, I had put that out of my mind and I had never given it any thought. And then 20 years later, when I became a professional artist and I was doing soul searching as an artist and I wanted to make real art and take my art to the next level, you know, I had remembered that. And it was the first time in my
my life, I had been told I couldn't create something. And I think that really resonates with the artists. And um, it was so weird when I was doing the soul searching as an artist, I had this dream that I made this piece called Lego Lincoln. It was a Lego portrait of Abraham Lincoln. And I had not been in the Lego store. I was not part of AFL or anything like that. It was so random. And um, I thought it was so brilliant. I had woke myself out of sleep to write it down. And then next day I went out and got the materials to make it and I made it. And that is the piece that really put me on the map as an artist. So it's really interesting. Lego, you know, for me as an artist means so much to me and has done so much for my career because that is the piece that was showcased in all these galleries and art shows that people really resonated with for a variety of reasons, I think because of Lego, but also the Lego for me in my art is symbolic of something. So the Lego in my art is the building blocks of something. So in this case, Abraham Lincoln, Lego Lincoln, you know, it's the building blocks of civil rights when I do the portrait of Lincoln and people really resonate with that. And yeah, I've kind of taken off with the Lego and then I ended up on Lego Masters. So it's just really amazing, you know, what Lego has done for my career as an artist. For me, I go with Lego since I was like four years old. I got my first Lego sets. I've been in it forever. I always made things and I never really thought of it as art. You know, like a lot of AFOLs, we just make stuff. We show it at shows. It's, I didn't really think of it as art. And then um, one of my best friends, we've been friends for 30 years. It was his birthday. I didn't know what to buy him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make him something. He likes when I make him stuff. I used to make him action figures when I worked in toys. I used to sculpt and paint custom action figures for him and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm going to make him a portrait of somebody. And I did a small mosaic, my first mosaic of Divine. And um, it turned out really well. And at the party, when I gave it to him, everybody was like, oh, that's awesome. I want one. I want one. So I started making more of them. And like, um, I just kept making them for myself, spending my own money on my own pieces. And soon I had like 30 of them and a uh, guy saw them and he's like, would you like to do a gallery show? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I had my first gallery show and um, that really it just changed how I saw my own art. It's like, I never, I would never have said, oh, I'm an artist. I was just making things. I just like, I've always liked to make things. I've always liked to make toys. I've always liked to make clothing. I, I sew, I paint, I sculpt, I do all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, I fell into it. That's so great. And I think there's a fun juxtaposition of this thing that we all know from our childhood. And to your point, what you can really turn it into, because you can turn it into anything, yeah. whether it be some sort of, you know, amazing statement or just some sort of beautiful piece of art. So yeah, I think we were really all very inspired by that nuanced perspective that you both brought to the show in general. I think that the real first chance we got to showcase that was in the cut in half challenge when it was a finally more of a sculptural challenge and you guys had the half fire hydrant and turned it into that beautiful mermaid sculpture. Sculpture. You know, that was really a great turning point for you guys in the competition just overall. So I'd love just to hear it from your perspective. Well, a lot of Aphels I know sort by piece and not by color. I always sort by color because I'm a sculptor in my mind. And if I'm going to build something that's red, I need all the red pieces I have. And so I pour them out and I see shapes and I go, oh, this shape makes a nice this or this. It gets you away from part usage for what you think a part is supposed to be. A part can be anything, you know, it does not have to be anything specific. It's not a hot dog. It is a curved piece. So for us on that challenge, we just started going. We're like, okay, let's build this. And we just started sculpting. And I think it was like our first time that we really understood each other's creative process and 
understood, like trust the other person, let them go and not just, just do it and work for us. And I was very, very happy for that. Yeah. I think what our, why our team was very special, you know, to this program in particular is because we really did bring a new, a new and fresh dynamic, I feel to the show. And I, I do feel confident in saying that we brought that artistic perspective and we brought it in a way that I feel none of the other teams had. And I feel like that is very, very special and very powerful. And I think that's not only why we were successful in the artistic or sculptural challenge, but I think that's what carried us to the end. One of my favorite lines of the whole show was at the end when Brickmaster Amy, you know, was talking about our Peacock piece and she said, you've elevated Lego from a toy to a work of art. And I was so happy, you know, when I saw that because Sam and I actually had not seen that until we saw it on television. We didn't know what they were saying about our piece. And I think that that was one of our goals as artists. But that kind of half challenge in particular with the mermaid was a very special, I think, moment for our journey as a team, because as everybody knows, we have struggled the first two episodes. And I was terrified and scared that we were going to get sent home and not have had a chance to show the world what us as artists are made of. And in that challenge, I feel like we accomplished that. And that was the first time you saw like, oh, wow, you know, Jessica and Sam are really talented and they can they can really bring their creativity here. So that was a very special challenge for myself. And I'm sure Sam as well, because I feel like that was the first time so far in the competition you had seen our real potential. Yeah. And I just love the piece. To this day, it's, it's one of my favorite pieces we made the whole season. It was really... And people still talk about it. People talk about the peacock, but everyone still brings up that mermaid. They really love that piece. Yeah, I think that one was a just a very special one. It had such a, a dynamic motion with all of the water and it was just very evocative. There was a really great story about the seashell with the heart. And I really think that it just shows that the storytelling was another piece that you guys were able to really tap into just because of your creativity and that background you guys come from. think that one of the other superpowers that you guys had was bringing a lot of personality and humor to your builds. And do you feel like that was was bringing a lot of yourself to the builds or just pulling from a place of creativity? Like, do you feel like that you saw yourself in the fun wackiness of your builds or did it come from something else? I think we both like being creative and just going for it completely, not in the superhero challenge. We chose the wackiest, weirdest, <laughs> funnest characters. We're like, oh, we can make this. Um, in my mind, I kept thinking more like the tick as a superhero, you know, like something ridiculous. He's not really, he's not really a great superhero. Like Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo doesn't solve any crime. He falls into it. He's scared. He runs away. He clumsily knocks somebody down and saves the day. And I was like, our characters are going to be ridiculous and we're going to make them still super. And we achieved that. We came up with a a fun story that was bigger than you would have thought those two characters could be. And we excelled at that. Jessica and I both, if one of us said something ridiculous, we're like, oh, that's it. That is ridiculous. I love it. And things that didn't even get shown on the show, like um, in the final, the peacock with the monkey, Jessica remembered this, but I totally, I totally blew out of my mind. I forgot all about it. But the monkey was actually bald on the top of his head. He had no brown fur up there. And we, he was a hat maker to cover his hat head because he had a bald spot. You know, so we had, we had humor even in things that we didn't get shown or that we didn't remember. <laughs> like, yeah, and we loved being wacky together. As soon as somebody would say something ridiculous, like, well, let's make the taker waker. Let's make it a, a rat so it steals, steals all the toys. Or, and then we changed it to raccoon. But it was like, 
yes, this is hilarious. Nobody else will think of this, you know? And uh, we, we made a garbage can, you know? <laughs> but like everybody's like, that's her home. Like everybody else is building houses and huts in the woods. And we're like, nope, a garbage can. That's totally, that's totally the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and we were supportive of each other's crazy ideas like that. And I like that. Yeah, that was definitely one of our strengths too. You know, even though Sam hadn't known each other very well, we do think on the same wavelength when it comes to artistic perspective and creativity. Luckily, we both like things that are, my new word for wacky is absurd because the one of the gentlemen who interviewed us used that word. And so did Brickmaster Jamie when critiquing some of our builds, but wacky and absurd. And we both kind of like things that don't make sense, but they do. And what I really liked about our team and where I feel like we were in sync is Sam and I both did not like to do things that we saw other people doing. We would actually look around the room and see, is anyone else doing this? And if they were, we would not do it. We almost, during that cut in half, we were thinking, oh, maybe the mermaid has an octopus and it's wrapped around the hydrant. And then we saw Aaron doing it and Jermaine and Mel, and then we wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> we, like, we, no we like to be unique. We don't like to, and you heard, you kind of heard Sam, I think in the early episode, he's like, well, Aaron and Christian are going to be doing that. And we don't want to be doing that. We don't like to do things we see other people doing. And that's too why when Amy um, and Tyler came over and told us we were doing a rap, we were really grateful because we would have been yeah, upset we don't if to. we did it and they did it. You know what I mean? Because then it loses its like uniqueness. During the building, the, the um, city block challenge, there were like two or three people talking about doing an eco city, like a very, and we're like, nope, stay away from that then. Like, we don't, <laughs> like it's better to stand out as different. And that's what we did in every single challenge. Like even everybody else says, hey, let's make a big building. We're like, let's make a giant beanstalk instead. You know, and, we, and it works for us because we came up with the idea. We were definitely the, I would say we were the most creative team on the show. Like we came up with the weirdest ideas and um, that helped us in the end. Yeah, and I do, I do believe that too. I mean, yeah, and that storybook challenge, we changed a rat. And here we are like a few hours into the challenge and we have to change our whole idea. And like, that's the strength that we brought to the show. We can come up with a new idea like that and make it work. And we ended up in the top two and the Brickmasters loved it. That's a really powerful skill that gets you far in the show. And I think we were definitely a top contender when it came to creativity and, and storytelling. And I really loved all the things that we made on the show. Oh, me too. I, I loved it. And the ones we loved the most, ironically, were the ones that were always in the top two. You could feel it when you were building it too. As you were building it and as, you, as we would step back, we're like, this looks amazing. How do we do this? And we would step back and that's when the judges would come by and go oh we really love this we're like we have too we do too <laughs> like and, and you can feel it we can feel it ourselves but it wasn't the best we could possibly give we knew or at least i knew i was like this is not the best we could have given like i wish we had more time or i wish we had thought of this idea earlier because a lot of times like as you're building you start going oh this would have been a cool idea i wish we would have put that in the inside so we could have, you know if we would have just put a motor in there there you know now that we're at this spot we could have just put a peg in there and it would have worked fine and, and the pressure and the stress of starting out you know always get all the ideas until later in the challenge where it's too far past the point of going back and taking this apart and adding something into it so i could feel it as we were doing each one like i was like oh this is a great one and we worked better on the days that we had 
great ideas and that we were really into it. We felt like happier. We laughed more. We, you know, when something's not going right, you feel more stressed and you feel more pressure. We, we were awesome together. Sam and I did not, if one of us did not like an idea, we did not pursue it. That's right. We vetoed it. Both of us had to equally love the idea, believe in the idea so that we could do our best work. If one of us like, I don't really want to do that. We didn't do it. I mean, originally in that finale, our peacock was going to be like very sassy. And we were talking about having like her in a glam studio and having it have makeup and stuff like that. But Samuel wasn't sold on the idea. And we, you know, we didn't do it. And we, we talked over other ideas. And I'm glad we changed it because I really love the story that the hat maker monkey with the I really liked it because it was more wacky, you know, and absurd. And yeah, so we we were really good like that. If one of us was really like was not sold on the idea, we changed the idea. In the final episode, we actually switched it again before that to like when we first started the final episode, we actually started doing a um a, like a mouse in armor, like they were like medieval knights and the mouse was gonna be riding a rabbit and they were gonna be jousting and there's gonna be a whole medieval town. And we had this whole idea of like this little village. And as we were going, we we're like, this is not working. And for the scale and for the time we have, it's gonna it's gonna look really small and it's not gonna work. And like let's just scrap this idea. And we started again from scratch like two hours into it. And and two hours is a long time when you're like it's a long time to give up and to say, oh we're not gonna use this now. But uh we I think we always made the right decision in the end. We always found the right spot. Yeah definitely. And it sounds like you guys learned a lot from challenge to challenge because doing the same thing as someone else, that was the baby gate during the movie genre challenge. Uh oh. <laughs> and even your comment, Sam, about scale, you know, worrying that your concept would be too small in scale. You know, that was one of the feedback that you guys got during the Space Smash Challenge. So, yeah. you know, you were really taking those nuggets along the way and building to bigger and better overall concepts and then final execution. So I think that that was definitely something that you guys did uniquely compared to some of the teams that went home, because I think that was part of the reason why a lot of teams went home is because they weren't taking that feedback week to week and making those iterative improvements. So good on you guys. <laughs> we always listen to the judges. If the judges came by and said something, we were like, okay. Yeah. Uh, like in the movie challenge, actually, I was building uh, the little house that the moms were trapped in. And Brickmaster Amy and Jamie came over, and Amy goes, Well, you're not, you're really not going to see the back of the house. You don't really need to build that. I'm like, I started throwing the back of the house away. I'm like, I don't need to build that. Just like, as soon as they would say it, we would listen to what they said. We were, if they said go bigger, you went bigger. If we were not going to ignore that because it's a reality show. If the judges tell you something, especially on camera, you better do what they said. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny you brought up that space mash because personally, I really liked what we made. And personally, I think we had one of the best smashes personally, because when it <laughs> smashed, I mean, and they showed that in so many commercials, it was really beautiful it was funny our kitty if you don't remember had eaten the puppies in the dog park and it exploded with puppies and a lot of the audience didn't catch that I loved it but also the reason why that was small in scale they didn't show the audience this was there was a rule that only one of us could carry it to a pedestal each one of us had to carry it to a pedestal like however many feet one person like and we decided that person was Sam and I could not help him so you had to be able to carry it I felt so bad for itty bitty crystal who had to carry that thing up the stairs for the airdrop and that was one of the rules yeah. so we actually made our small on purpose because Sam and I are both scared no matter who carried it we're like we're gonna drop if it's too big and you saw Karen and Jesse that's exactly what happened with theirs their base was too big but too fragile and it broke into pieces so that was a really technically finicky challenge because it had to be loose enough to shatter but strong enough that it didn't collapse as you were carrying it and they didn't show the audience that we had to carry it too so that was interesting well uh, that one also, we had written a story where 
We want to Will Arnett to be the hero to save the earth from, you know, knock this cat off there. We wanted to keep the building. And we wanted to make this epic building, but they told us that it was going to be on a pedestal that was like, you know, uh, like 36 inches high. And so if we built a building taller, then Will would have swing over his head to hit it. So we wanted to be at a spot. So we're like, we can't really go taller because it has to be at this spot so he can actually hit it with the bat. So there are all these rules that people at home didn't know or understand, but we're like, we followed every single rule on purpose with a specific reason. It wasn't like we just did, didn't want to go bigger. We didn't want to go more crazy. It was like, this is what we had. Yeah. And actually one of the other teams got called out for that. I think Flynn and Richard got called out for not taking into consideration where the bat would hit. Right from a horizontal angle or designing it with that in mind. So to your point, you avoided that critique just, I guess, to get another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a tricky challenge. It was a tricky challenge for sure. I guarantee every single team felt that way sometime in the show. They got critiques, so they changed it and then they got critiqued for something different instead of the thing. So you trade one for another. And, and so it was really hard to find that perfect balance of making everybody happy, you know? Well, that's your point too about you saying that our team listened to the judges. I feel like we were definitely a strong team in that we were able to dissect what exactly what the brick masters meant and be able to put it into action too because some people would misinterpret what they meant so Sam and I were very good at that and also one thing I wanted to point out because I don't think the audience aware of this and we were viewed as underdogs is that Sam and I what was special about our team and I feel why we were such a strong team and why we were able to make it to the finale is our strongest skill set is we have had never made any of those things prior to the show. We had those ideas and we were able to build them and execute on the spot. Whereas other teams in the show had built those things before. So they kind of knew how to build them. So one of our team's strengths, since we're on the topic, and I don't know what's going to come up, is Sam and I's ability to take an idea like a mermaid and be able to build it on the spot, having never built it before, having no instructions, having no reference material. And that's a very strong skill to have because a lot of the other teams and other their interviews and on the show said, I think even in Bridge Challenge, um, you know, Jermaine and Mel unfortunately went home, but Jermaine was telling Jamie and Amy, I have built this bridge before and it is hold 300 pounds. Now they ran out of time, that challenge, but a lot of these teams had built those things before. And what's special about our team, I don't think Sam and I had ever built anything that we made the entire season. Well, like similar things, but not exactly the things that we made on the show. Unless Sam made an elephant with candy cane legs sometime that I don't know about. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite challenges because of that. Like the idea that it was so ridiculously absurd like uh, and so specific. I want an elephant with candy cane legs riding a golden sleigh. I'm like, what? And um, I felt very honored. Um, actually, Brickmaster Amy kept that elephant in the sleigh because she thought it was just so hilarious and she liked the pose and the way the legs were sticking out. And I was like, I felt very honored that she was like, I want to keep that one. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That, that is so awesome. And I think it goes back to what you were saying, which is that when you guys are really vibing on the ideas, it's that much more fun for you guys. And you guys get so much energy from all of that. I think even back to the Derby card challenge, when you came with your Boy Scout experience, Sam, but Jessica, I feel like you had all this science background you were just like waiting to explode about. And I feel like surprisingly, a challenge like that, which was all about the mechanics of either the Derby car or the bridge, you'd think that the two artists, you know, wouldn't have any sort of leg up in that challenge. But I feel like you guys 
guys came into that one so raring to go and ready to show off what you really did know about derby cars and all that sort of stuff. We still couldn't do better, but <laughs> but we did great. We got top three, so that was good. Yeah. What's funny about that is I had never built a derby car before, but what I love about our team too is our secret weapon. We had a secret weapon, secret, literally when I say secret, maybe the audience didn't know about it every single time. And one of those secret weapons is my fascination with science. In my art studio, when I paint and draw and, and make work out of Lego, I'm listening to science podcasts and scientists every day. I actually base the artwork I do on science. I coin it pop science. And so it's a very interesting, it makes like the art more interesting. And there's a scientific or mathematical component in everything that I do, even if it might be hidden in the art. So when we saw that challenge, I knew it wasn't about who had built a car before. I knew it was about speed. And that I knew. And when Sam hadn't built a car in so long, we're trying to put it together. And we were collaborating, like, make sure the weight is like before the back axle and it's right there and it'll go faster and it worked. I mean, we didn't come in first, but we didn't come in last, which is great because last had a huge disadvantage. But it was things like that and some other, you know, science and engineering skills we brought to the bridge challenge. We had never built a bridge before, but I kind of knew the science behind it and Sam had some ideas as well. We put those together to have a result that, you know, kept us out of the bottom two. So it's funny on Lego Masters how not necessarily building with Lego, but having an another skill set, an artist skill set or a science skill set, because I can guarantee you some of those other teams said they build cars all the time. We don't, but we knew the science behind it and we're able to beat three incredible teams, Tyler and Amy, Flynn and Richard and Aaron and Christian, who are all incredible, but they didn't know the science behind speed. I wish we took off rubber wheels. It's the only thing I wish we did because we would have been faster. <laughs> we debated. I was like, maybe we should leave the wheel. We weren't sh- exactly sure because, well, we thought if we took the wheels off, it would go too fast and fly off the track. And they said, if that happened, you were like disqualified. So you had, that was one of the rules they didn't show. Your, if your car like fell off the track, or, even if it, or it knocked another car or whatever, like both your vehicles would be disqualified. So we're like, oh, well, if we take the wheels off, maybe it'll run right off the track. Yeah. So that was another tricky one. Really finicky. But yeah, I was so happy. Well, and too, when I said that to Warnett, I'm like, don't tell anybody because I know he like loved Aaron and Christian. And I was, and I <laughs> saw Aaron and Christian were putting like 12 wheels on their car. And I was like, I love them so much. But I'm like, what are they doing? Their car is going to be so slow. And I thought he was going to tell him like, oh, like, how come he has so many wheels on there? I was like, don't tell that. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. Tell them after. Because he was going around to everybody. So I'm like, our secret. He was so funny during that episode. Too. He was like, I won't. I don't think he even remembered like what I said exactly. It was so funny. No, that's so great. Obviously, you've had a lot of fun and there's some fun rivalry with the group, but I think it's a really friendly group. I think very unique to this competition show, unlike oh, yeah. Survivor or anything else. These are really friendly competition versus get them out. I want to sabotage them and run over and knock their building down or whatever it was. I'd love to hear your thoughts just around what it was like getting to know all these people and and hang out with them and all that sort of stuff, whether it be on camera or off camera. It was definitely a family, no matter what first thing. Like even in the first episode, you see us walking over to see Mark and Boone's beautiful thing. We're like, shut up. It is so amazing. It's beautiful. And we were through the whole competition. Everybody built each other up. Like when we would leave the studio after finishing the final bill and they take us to the green room, we would all be like, oh my God, yours is so amazing. Yours looks so cool. Oh, that's amazing. 
And um, we were so supportive and just building each other up. And that's something I felt was very special. And I never felt like I was out to try to make somebody else go home. I was just trying to do the best I could do. And I hoped we would stay, but it was never like, I hope we send this team home, you know, and I don't know if I was the only one feeling that, but I know that that's how it felt. I mean, anybody else in the castle will probably tell you that's how I felt too, because I was not downplayed. I just didn't, I saw so many other incredible builds and we all, most of us all see other people's art as special. Like, um, like, Oh, that person can sing. I can't sing. That makes me, I wish I could sing. And I feel like we're like that in everything in our lives. Like, Oh, you know, I, I, she's got curly hair. I wish I had curly hair. We see the greatness in others before we see it in ourselves. So we would build something and I, but I would see the greatness in Tyler's or Mark and Boone's. I'm like, oh, well, they're going to be in the top. You know, that's awesome. It's really beautiful. And I was supportive of it, but I never thought, oh, we're going to be the winners. I never, like I was just building incredible things and trying to build incredible things. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I like personally, I saw the potential in us from the very beginning because all those things I mentioned earlier, we brought a perspective and dynamic that no other team had on the show. I mean, you got artists, one who likes science, you know, Samuel likes to make toys. That's like, in my personal opinion, that's a deadly combination for any creative competition show. That's deadly. So I knew the potential was there, you know, um, but I, I understand, you know, this is a big stakes competition show and they had some tough competitors on there. I mean, everyone who was selected for that show, they did the right job. All those people are very talented builders and are just so incredible. But I was never intimidated by the competition because I always focused on the potential in our team. And what I was trying to figure out is what can I do to help bring out the potential in our team and really showcase it in a fabulous way so that our talent is recognized and we carried it through the competition. I mean, I had no idea if we were going to win, lose. I had no idea if we were going to stay, go home. You never know because the rest of the competition is so, so good. But at the same time, I did recognize potential in our team. And I think that does stem from being an artist. I feel like as an artist, being a professional artist, it's one of those things you have to value your work and you have to stand by your work and you have to stand by what you create. So I just think that's like naturally ingrained in my brain. And, uh, you know, even being in the galleries, there's so many fantastic artists and their work is fantastic. And, and my work is definitely not superior, no way a match for that. But at the same time, I stand by what I create and I value my artwork. How can we be different and use our skills to really maximize the results? And it definitely worked in our favor, no doubt about it. You know, I think whenever you're being creative, you have to be true to yourself 100% of the time and be authentic. And there were some things, uh, decisions Sam and I made, we didn't know if they were going to work or not, but we love the idea. Like that cats and dogs in episode two, we love that idea. So we went with that idea. It was funny. It was it was funny. I see how everybody's there. We thought humor was very important in every single one of our builds. Yeah. So, you know, I think you just have to be true to yourself and... I love the peop- the other competitors on the show. I do feel like we're a family. I made some lifelong friends, no doubt about it. And I was very emotional on the show and cared a lot about the other contestants because, you know, part of my story is a little over a year ago, I quit my full-time job to be a professional artist. So no income, no side job, nothing. I either sell art or ride or die. I either sell art and make it as an artist or I fail. It's been an emotional journey for me, but it was a really emotional time 
time in my life and I wasn't getting results right away. You know, I was I was not getting the success that I wanted. And then I ended up on Lego Masters. So don't give up on your dreams. But when I saw the other creatives on the show putting their heart and soul into something and putting so many hours into their art piece and then just have it get rejected in a way or being told like it just wasn't up to standard. That really got to me. As an artist, that's why I was so emotional. That really got me. It got me every single time because I'm like, oh my God, you know, because as an artist, if I put my heart and soul into something and somebody just doesn't like it or they don't see value in it, it's really heartbreaking. So I felt for them in that way. On that note, though, the Brickmasters were awesome. And one of the things I feel like the show didn't showcase enough was their coaching and mentorship because that is who, you know, my personal opinion, the Brickmasters were to me. You know, they were judges, absolutely. But I looked at them more as mentors and coaches because all the feedback they gave Sam and I, we used and I do feel it greatly impacted our team in a positive way and helped us grow. Yeah. And you guys did a really nice job helping each other too. You know, I think back to the Star Wars challenge where Sam, I feel like you were getting a little down, you know, on just the level of competition and everyone's doing great stuff, including you guys. But it's so hard, like you were saying, when you see someone can sing and you wish you could sing or whatever it was. But to see Jessica, you pick your team up to try to bring out that strength, like you were saying, I think was a really touching moment on the show. And to see it all culminate in the finale with your relationship just with each other and how much you each meant to each other, especially having never built together before. That was really one of the most compelling stories, if not the most compelling story on the show. So that was a really cool thing for me. But I'd love to hear just from your perspective, you know, what it meant to find even each other on the show and and the relationship and the way you support each other. I think we pushed each other like in ways that was totally unexpected. And we both grew as builders and as people like the journey wouldn't have been the same with anybody else. We might not have gotten as far. We might have done great at the beginning. And then because we did great at the beginning, we started doing mediocre in the middle. We might have been sent home. I think because we started out so rough, it was advantageous to us because we started learning each other. We started growing and they saw that as it was happening, they're like, wow, they're really stepping it up. We were on an upward trajectory going from like the terrible bottom to, you know, top three or top two, safe top two. And so when we passed other teams and started at the top and we got somewhere in the middle, the judges were like, okay, which are we going to keep? We're going to keep the one that's heading this way or the one that's heading this way and we got to stay because we were heading in the right direction and so uh, that's something that um we're very lucky to have that we pushed each other in so many ways like neither of us had built lots of those things or even built things like that yeah well that star wars episode too i want to say that was one of my favorite episodes because it was very authentic what happened in that episode it was very very authentic and i think it was a special message you know for our team i think it's a special message for AFOL and I think it's a special message for artists as well and you know that story in that Star Wars episode you know you see um, I saw my teammate experiencing that self-doubt which is very common in the arts I mean I've, I've certainly felt it in my life especially when I quit my job and wasn't getting any success as an artist you know I had questioned if if I was you know good enough if I was going to make it you know if I was worthy so I had been in that spot before you know luckily I'd been in that spot 
time and time again as an artist, just feeling like you're not going to be up to a certain standard. And so with that, I really sympathized with my partner because here's somebody who so far in the competition, now we're in the semifinals and, you know, maybe still feeling like the other teams are better. I mean, the other teams were huge Star Wars fans and, you know, I'm a fan, but I'm not a huge giant Star Wars fan. I'm even scared to call myself a fan because I don't want yeah, the Star Wars people to come after me. We never said it in the episode either. We're like, no, two teams are like we love this this and, and you never see us in the episode saying that because we're like no i don't want to say that because i because <laughs> i i don't know what any of the ships are called i don't know what half the characters are called i've seen all the movies i enjoyed watching them but i'm not like a fan and so yeah i agree with her i was like we looked over those walkers and we're like that those are giant walkers they look really good i'm like how can we compete with that like i'm making a ship that i don't really know what it looks like it's speeding across the ground i'm like it looks all right but I think we captured something special in there. Like we didn't capture exactly what the ships were. We captured what Star Wars is. We captured energy, action, movement. Like we captured something that neither the other two teams captured at all. Like we captured this energy of action of what Star Wars is, the, the core essence of it. Yeah. So I think that was, you know, part of it too, you know, us knowing that the other two teams are giant, giant Star Wars. Fans. I knew we were in the semifinals for a reason. I did believe we could win. I believed that we could beat those two teams. No doubt about it. There wasn't a shadow doubt in my mind, you know, if we did our best work, that was kind of the level I was on. So, you know, I'm really happy that I was able to share and be a leader and kind of motivate you know, Sam during that episode, because I think that we did have a great result. And I actually think it was very hard for the Brickmasters to determine if we were first or Boone and Mark was first, because they really loved our model. I mean, Brickmaster Jamie said our model is something that a collector would buy for their home. And I had not heard that all season. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I thought actually we might have been winning that. I saw the other two were really good too, but I mean, they really liked it. And to this challenge too, going into it, why I thought I was less nervous. This was the first challenge, if you pay attention all season, the very first challenge, we actually had reference material. We had the picture. (laughs) And we are artists and we had not had reference material the whole time. And here in the semifinals, now they're giving the two artists a picture of exactly what it looks like. So I felt like, oh, well, this could be a game changer now because we're artists. We go off images and make things out of Lego all the time off images. Is this going to work to our advantage? And I believe that it did because I had not seen um, that film, but I saw energy. I see the contrast of white and red. That's really really eye-grabbing. And I felt as artists, we could really make that wow and come to life. And I think that we succeeded in that. Yeah. And I think that that was the secret part of that challenge that came into play, which was which of the scenes did you choose? And because a lot of Star Wars is, you know, the black of space, the gray of all the ships, the white of the snow, that was really what Tyler and Amy sort of were being critiqued on was that their scene choice wasn't that dynamic, you know, just based on exactly what they chose. But and, and they were sort of punished for that to my surprise. But yeah, I think you guys very cleverly and with an artist lens chose a scene that would stand out. And so you guys even placed, you know, second in that challenge, despite all of, you know, Sam's uh, original doubt. So that was a really exciting moment for us. One of the things that you really reminded me of in your comment, Jessica, was how you guys, I think, promoted a lot of positivity on the show. I know that hidden in every bow was a fun message. And I think that you guys really represented just a different type of person for us to, to get a connection to on screen. So I'm curious just to hear your thoughts around being yourself, being unique, and kind of what you brought just being yourselves to the show. The show is very 
supportive in that. We, it was all our own wardrobe. So, you know, we got to choose what we wanted to wear and they were very supportive of it. I was very grateful that they, you know, they weren't going to make a big deal of any of that. I wasn't trying to go out there and go, I'm going to be different than anybody else. But the, the fact that they allowed me to just be myself and be happy and fun. And I mean, they didn't air anything, but they, there was no censoring even on the set. So like Will and I more often than not told inappropriate jokes that would never get on TV when he came around. And I liked that more that I got to have real moments with him and um, make him laugh. And he made me laugh than anything else. So uh, I feel grateful that people have, that I've touched something in people. Like um, I've had a lot of moms write me saying, you know, you know, my son is gender nonconforming and the idea that he saw you on TV and he felt like there was somebody like him on TV for the first time it was very special to him. And those are the kind of things that like, I didn't have as a child myself. So that made me feel very, very grateful that I got to be that be a representative in a way I never even thought of. I didn't, I didn't think about that when I was going on the show. I was thinking about, I have to build crazy stuff. I have a partner I've never worked with before. <laughs> it's pressure. I wasn't thinking about that. I didn't, I didn't have time to think about that kind of stuff. So I feel very honored that I was allowed to be that and that it happened like that. Yeah, it was very interesting. I love the team dynamic and the uniqueness that our team brought to the show. It is such an honor. And never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be inspiring so many, in particular, young girls and women. I have had so many parents, families reach out and say, you are like a role model for my daughter, you know, for my little girl and boys, boys included boys and girls, but a lot um, of women and going into this show, I had never thought about these things. You know, I had not done the show to be on TV or anything like that. I went there to showcase my talent as an artist. And that was always on the top of my mind. And then, you know, once as the show was going on, you know, people started reaching out to me saying I was an inspiration to them or an inspiration to women or young girls. I think that is so special and so powerful. And, you know, it's very humbling and honoring. And it was something I didn't really expect. I definitely wanted to represent female builders and women on the show because they're underrepresented in so many different areas, you know, in communities. But never did I think that I would have an impact the way that I did on so many people. And one of the biggest, I think, compliments I get from a lot of people was people say they were inspired by my kindness is the word they use my kindness on the show. That is something I would have never have expected. Like I would have never have thought of it that way. So it's weird to see how people respond to it. And people love the bows too. They love the messages and the bows. And those are positive, inspiring words for artists. It is, you know, I consider it a female empowerment bow, but it's an artist empowerment bow too. It's to empower, you know, women and girls, but also empower the creatives to create and, and do what they love. So to be able to inspire people, that really means a lot to me. I never thought that I would touch that many people through a television program. So it's really, really special. And I think the artist's dream is to create something that inspires others. And I got to do that through Lego Masters. And I would have never imagined, you know, that I didn't even know how far I was going to get on on the season. So it's just really an honor. It's awesome. The, the fans have been awesome. And I like that our team was able to represent different types of people that are typically underrepresented 
represented, you know, in so many areas. I think that's really special about our team. Yeah, I completely agree. And that definitely came across on the show for me. And it was something that we talked about even here on the podcast. So it was just so cool to see your underdog story, like you said, Sam. But I think that it was really just a story about believing in yourself and seeing how far that that can take you, whether it was getting on the show from the beginning or really how far you guys made it to get to the finale to put up a show piece like that. I have a note here about the Peacock that you really wanted to you know, blow everyone away with that one. And it, and it really did. I mean, it really was exceptional. I think to your point, you did what you set out to do without even realizing it. You were just being yourself and doing the best you can, like you said, Sam, and, and look what you were able to do. I mean, really, really exceptional. Like going into the final episode, I felt that we, we wanted to make something so incredible that we couldn't look away from it, that it was like just going to draw your eye in and just be inspiring and like... <sighs> Wow. Oh, you know, you'd be in awe of it. Because um, the other two teams had both won four challenges each, and we had won zero. I felt like if they let us win, the people at home are going to be in an uproar going, look, these other teams have been great the whole time. These people, you know, yes, they've made an incredible journey. They've got to the top. But if they let us win, you know, the, the audience at home would be so angry. So I did not see us winning at all in my mind. I, but I go, if we're not going to win, we're going to give something that nobody can deny that we made something so incredible in the final episode that yes, we deserve to be there. Like, look how beautiful that was. Look how epic it was. And um, so I was all I, all in for that. I like, let's make something that we just love and we think is so capturing. I thought we were going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were the pick of one of our podcast co-hosts, Josh. He was oh, really for you the entire time. You guys were his winner pick the whole time. So, you know, ne- don't count yourself out ever. Oh, it's like the final episode. Like you've seen a season, even Tyler and Amy winning, people at home are upset about Mark and Boone not winning. So if they would have let us win over those other two teams, like it would have been a total anarchy. People would be so pissed at the show. I mean, like there was just, there was no way in my, I have confidence that I can build amazing things. Like I build amazing things that I, even on the show, I amaze myself sometimes. Like I was like, wow, that is something I would have never thought I could do. And I, as I'm building it, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I will figure it out. I have faith that I can do that. I'm also a realist saying, look, this is a show. There are people who've been watching this for 10 weeks and they've learned to love these two teams. And when we first got cast, before we even started the first day, I, I'd known a lot of the other builders and I go, okay, Tyler and Amy will be in the top. Mark and Boone will be in the top and Aaron Christian will be in the top. Like those are the the best builders on the show. You know, I was happy that we got far and that our creativity saved us from going home when Aaron and Christian did. But um, and I'm not saying delusional, but I wasn't, I was realistic in the idea that, look, these other teams have won so many challenges. They each won four challenges. And with mini challenges, they each won two mini challenges. Like they each won six things and we'd won zero. I'm like, they're, they're not going to let us win. <laughs> Here's the thing with Sam and Jessica. I got, there you go. <laughs> Talk breaks. Mark and Boone had known each other. Ty and Amy are wife. We didn't know each other. Those both teams in all their interviews and on the show said over and over again, they had built a lot of those things before. Sam and I were able to take an idea and execute on the spot. And I'm not saying those teams are totally capable of doing it, but they had an advantage. Definitely. It's fair because, you know, if we didn't know each other, that's not their problem, but it's fair, but they had an advantage and we were able to keep up with them despite that because of our talent and creativity. And in that final challenge, they said, bring something Lego has never seen before. And I believe what we made with the peacock and a hat maker monkey, that's plucking a feather. (laughs) I believe unless, you know, you're doing 
doing things you're not supposed to do, you know, you're drinking a little too much or something like that, that you have never actually seen that before in life. No, for sure. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it looked good, too. And we definitely never saw a table with uh, banana peeled legs. We've never seen that before. That was Jessica's idea. It was so hilarious because she did it without even mentioning it to me. So, you know, a lot of times as I'm working, I'd be like, does this look all right? Does this look all right as I'm going, you know, getting feedback? And she would just go off and do something. And I, so she comes back and she's got this thing set up. She's like, what do you think? I remember, I'm like, oh, that's so hilarious. It looks like bananas. It's so perfect. You know, it was just such a good idea and so creative. And like, yes, thank you. Thank you for doing that because that is hilarious. You know, brilliant. Yeah. How we split up that back is Sam was going to do the monkey, which by the way, let me, because that gets overlooked. There was a few monkeys on the season. That was the best sculpted monkey in my personal opinion. <laughs> and one of the best characters on the entire season that was sculpted. And I was responsible for the world, you know, behind this peacock. So I was like, well, in a monkey's world, that's how I came with banana like table because it's not our world, right? It's this wacky world. Well, in a monkey's world, what would a monkey want in his hat making studio? Bananas everywhere. And it was so hilarious. You know, of course he's going to want that. So that's kind of how I came up with the idea. I tried to put my mind in the mind of this monkey in this wacky world. And with Storybook, I think that's why we were successful because Sam and I put our minds, not what we wanted to, but in the mind of a child, what is a Taker Waker? What does a Taker Waker's house look like? And the Brickmasters actually, that made the air. Jamie's like, you guys really put your mind in the mind of a child when making this. And I think as artists, we have the capability to do that. Put yourself in the realm of what you're creating. Even in that episode too, we made the horse head like a leotard and a gold medal because it was a gold medal gymnast not just an acrobatic gymnast and the, when the kids came over the table one of them noticed it immediately like oh the horse is a gold medal like, and we're like yeah we had a fun time with that it's like we really got into that so. yeah so i just feel like peacock we built that on the spot and like sam said we were two hours down too that is like a very valuable skill set and the, and the brick masters knew that and that's why they valued us and that's why they made it to the end but that is the skill one of the skills I feel like you need to be the best and the other two teams had those skills but those two teams have also built things together before and had built buildings and castles and things of that nature where we took an idea that had never been done before in Lego design it and execute it on the spot that's incredibly hard to do and we pulled it off so beautifully I do love our final piece and I love how odd and absurd it is just the whole story I just I'm so happy that it's going to be on display at Legoland. Like, I can't wait to go see it. That sounds amazing. And we're so excited for the future for you guys. So speaking of all that, I'll give you a quick second just to talk about what you guys have going on now. Anything you want the audience to know about, you know, we certainly want to hear it here. I mean, well, I'm a full-time professional artist. My primary media is Lego. You know, unfortunately, because of the terrible health crisis that's going on globally, a lot of my art shows have been canceled, you know, for the year, which for me as an artist is devastating but you know it is what it is everyone's kind of in the same boat I feel but that has not stopped me from creating you know I create artwork you know every single day and I feel like that's an important to do and I'm just going to keep pushing because I feel like the key to success is to keep creating keep pushing through and yeah we'll see what happens I mean hopefully my art shows will get rescheduled because that's what I really depend on as an artist but we'll we'll see I have some other projects 
projects I'm working on as well, one for Art Basel, which is in, in December, and a documentary, a potential do- documentary opportunity. So I have some things going on, but we will we'll see what happens. But my heart goes out to all the other artists and businesses out there who've been impacted by this terrible health crisis. And I just hope things will resume to normal, you know, soon and everyone will be okay. Yeah. And I know you sell some of your stuff online. So, you know, feel free to tell us where we can find all that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, my artist name is Ragsy. I'm Jessica Ragsy Ewood. And my website is Ragsy. That's R-A-G-Z-Y art.com. And actually, I had so many fans follow me because I'm in the fine arts world and uh, they wanted a piece of art, but they just couldn't afford it. So I actually started an entry level art collector program where I make these little hearts and they have Lego in them and they're for entry level art collectors or a good price point so that, you know, if it's something people really want from me, they can buy it. And that was something I recently started. That's on my website, ragsyart.com. That's great. Well, everyone's going to have to definitely check that out. And Sam, anything that we should know about in terms of what you're doing these days? You can see my art, samuelhatmaker.com or on Instagram, samuelhatmaker. And um, I've been doing a lot of commissions and just some portraits for myself right now. I'm working on a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. And then um, I just finished like Divine as Ursula the Sea Witch because the character was based on Divine. Um, I finished a Beyonce. I just finished a few commissions for people of like boyfriends and husbands and um, I'm working on a child's portrait. You know, I, I've been making some sculptures just for myself. And um, I'm kind of the same boat with Jessica, like galleries and stuff like that are closed down for the year. And, um, you know, all the Lego conventions, which I usually be going to this time of the year, are all gone. I will be, you know, this will probably not air until after, but this Saturday is Brick World Chicago is having a virtual con and they'll be doing another one later on in the summer. So that's a good way to stop by and see us. The Lego Masters will be there to talk and entertain people and show show you what we've made. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for being so generous with your time. Honestly, this was so much fun for me. So I'm hoping we can stay in touch in the future and just thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. For sure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. This, you're a great interviewer. This was really fun. Thank you. This was just amazing getting to talk to Sam and Jessica. And don't worry, the fun continues as we interview Aaron and Christian next. And be sure to leave me a rating or review on iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on now, as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want to hear more from me and check out my weekly Lego news videos, you can follow me at youtube.com talkbricks. And if you want to keep up with me on social media, I'm at TalkBricks on all social media. And if you want to follow along with the podcast, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at TalkBricksMasters or on Twitter using the username TBMasters. Thanks again so much for listening and I'll talk to you all next week. 